are we getting a theme song now that's my theme song <laughs> that's all i got we need a theme song we need a theme song or if anyone listening is good at music stuff anyone musically inclined would appreciate could make a little jingle a little jingle jangle for us that would be great oh that was the name of a drug in riverdale love it <laughs> the jingle jangle I remember because I was like, I can't take this seriously. Like, how can you look me in the eye and tell me, oh, you've overdosed on Jingle Jangle. Like, what the f- <laughs> It was really weird. Anyway, this is the Midnight Memo. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is a podcast where we get to talk about all of those thoughts that keep us up at night. My name is Claire. And I'm Kristen. And thank you for joining us. It has been... I feel like it's been longer than a week. I was going to say, like, it's been a couple of weeks. It hasn't. Hasn't it? Maybe since I've seen you. Yeah. I haven't seen you for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, not in person. We've been doing things virtually. Eh, yeah. But it's not the same. That's true. I need more tea from you. Next time I see you in person, I'll also need to extract more tea from you. About what? <laughs> Actually, I'll do that throughout this episode. I'll do. That's what we're here for, you know? We'll all dive into Claire's life together in this episode. And then we'll dive into Kristen's life all nah, the rest nah, of the times. Okay <laughs> Is it really diving into my life if I just like naturally give out this information? <laughs> that's true. I feel like you're more forthcoming with information. Oh, 100%. And especially when I compare to you. Like, love you, dude. But you are <laughs> iron wall. And I mean that with love. <laughs> Listen, I like privacy. This past week, I was on vacation in Orlando um, at Disney World, Universal Studios. Ah, Spent a whole week of just walking around till my feet hurt. Did you have good shoes? Yes, I brought good shoes. I think it was Epcot where we ended up walking, I think, 15 miles. Jeez. Yeah. Like, I don't doubt that because the park's so freaking huge. And if, if you do the whole day there, like... The thing is, is that we didn't spend the whole day there. What? We didn't even go from rope drop to when it closed. We decided like, oh, we're not going to really have a schedule. Wait, you didn't have a schedule? You? I just had a list of food that I wanted to try. I'm so shooketh. We had organized what parks we wanted to do each day before getting there. Because I think you have to like claim which park you're going to be in that day. Yeah. But we didn't want to like burn out super quickly. So we slept in to like 9, then got to yeah. the parks around 10 or 10.30. Um, and then we left when we got tired. But while I was there, it just made me completely forget that another huge event was happening in in California, which is Coachella. <laughs> I totally forgot it was happening, which makes me feel like completely disconnected from the rest of the world. A fake Californian. <laughs> fake Californian for sure. I knew like a surprising amount of people who went this year, I feel like. Yeah. Like I you know, you always see the celebrities post, whatever. But I feel like I had a lot of people that I actually know, like real people. But <laughs> yeah, like I I wanna say at least like five or six different people with different friend groups I know went, which just felt super bizarre because I feel like I've never actually known someone before <laughs> who's gone to Coachella. But I feel the same way. I mean, I don't really re- know who the headliners were, but like Doja Cat, Billie Eilish, Harry, Harry Styles, like those were the three um, performers I kept seeing on my like social media social. feeds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, I get it. I get it. But still, the amount of money that you would spend just for a weekend at Coachella is insane. Yeah. 
Unless you're an influencer and they pay for you to be there. Which there was a huge, there was a scandal. <gasps> What's the scandal? The tea. Give me the scandies. Watch me just completely lie and all this was fake. <laughs> Disclaimer, this is what I saw online and I did not look <laughs> further into it as per usual. <laughs> what do you mean? The internet's such a reliable source. Exactly. Everything on the internet is real. <laughs> so revolve okay which is like a clothing company it's a, also a company that collaborates a lot with social media influencers revolve apparently had sent a bunch of invitations out to a lot of different influencers saying hey here's a contract we're gonna need you to upload however many videos with our clothes um, we'll give you a budget to shop online from this like selected catalog before going to coachella and then when they were actually at Coachella, there were supposed buses to pick everyone up, but apparently they invited so many people that the buses stopped coming because they were like, we don't know if these people are actually like VIPs or if they're just pretending to be influencers. So we're just going to stop bringing the buses to take them to Coachella. Them being Revolve stopped the buses or the bus people were like, hey, who are these people? Like, is this everyone? I believe it was both. Revolve had hired the bus company to drive influencers over to the actual event. Yeah. And there were so many of them because, again, they sent out so many invitations that... But they didn't process how many they sent out. Yeah, they were probably thinking that not all of them were going to come or something. Yeah. And so a bunch of influencers basically didn't get to go. Or they were like <gasps> stuck outside of the actual festival and couldn't get in because the bus drivers wouldn't drive them. And then the security yeah. guards were like, I don't know if you're an actual VIP or not. Like there are so many of you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I guess it makes sense. Like if you're quote unquote VIP, there should be a small group of you. Yeah. That's the whole point of VIP. Yeah. Yeah. If they're like oceans of VIPs, it's like, is this fake? Is it not? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of them were stuck outside. They said they had to wait a super long time without like any shade. Yeah, where everyone was getting sunburnt, dehydrated. People were fainting in line. Revolve didn't even give them a lot of water and food. Apparently, they had given them like a water bottle and a slice of pizza. This is a PR nightmare for them. I hope they figure their shit out because that's ridiculous. Yeah, and there was a social media post that had surfaced from a worker at Revolve saying like, basically, he did not feel bad for anyone. <gasps> like, Oh my God, Scandy, you can't be saying that shit. Yeah, this is, I guess, just an exposure of what Revolve's culture is. Like, they don't really care. Oh. And so now I think a few of the influencers have started to speak up about the situation. So I was like, ooh, tea. I want to know, like, how many, if it is an issue of they just did not count correctly and they sent out way more than they budgeted for. And that's why they're like, hmm, there's a lot of you. Like, maybe they sent out, like, 2,000. They were expecting, like, 80% to come back mm -hmm. as yes. But then if... Do they need an RSVP? That's a good question. Like... I, I don't cause know. Because if, if... Yeah, if they didn't get RSVPs and then these people are showing up who did get invites, but just showing up and getting whatever, 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 mm -hmm. they threw off Revolve's count for whatever the resources were. I can understand that. But if Revolve just, like, genuinely fucked up and, you know, didn't set themselves up correctly, that... Yeah, that's on them. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's less so for influencers but going to coachella is fucking expensive 
You've told me like how much it is too before. Yeah, tickets I think are like $600, $700 each at purchase and then people resell them for even more. Then you have to either find a campsite or find a hotel, Airbnb that's near mm-hmm. the place. But a hotel and Airbnbs jack up their rates. Of course. Which makes sense. And then plane tickets if you're not even from California. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. When you said $600 to $1,000 for... Is it for the weekend or for like a day ticket? I believe it's for a weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, that's a little bit better. At first I thought you were going to say a day and I was like, I could take many trips <laughs> for that much money. Literally. But still, that's that's just for yeah the event and that's so much money. Yeah, and then you have to buy outfits or like if you're wanting to partake in all the festival mm-hmm. culture, right? That's fucking expensive. And then once you get your hotel, your outfits, um, your plane, your ticket. Yeah. And then you have to buy food and drinks inside, which are also hella expensive. Which is already so expensive for so little, I'm sure. Yeah, because LA, you know, (laughs) LA people are there. Celebrities are there. So it's a lot. It costs a pretty penny, I will say. (laughs) Yeah. I think even if it was not Revolve's fault for the mix-up, they should still have taken on that responsibility. Yeah, like bottom line, they sent out the invites, assuming that, yeah, these people who showed up are indeed all invited. Then, yeah, they doesn't matter how it fell. They, they need to take on that responsibility. Or maybe like they should have someone maybe with a, a list or something that could just check the name. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't some form of validation system, it sounds like. It sounds like people just got on the bus. That's mismanagement on their side, regardless. Like, someone fucked up. <laughs> but that was the drama I heard with Coachella, so... Intrigue. <laughs> My foot. It's all tingly. I hate that. That's the worst. Why does this happen? But I never learned my lesson either. I just do the same thing over and over and over again. So absolutely, there's no there's no way to avoid it. It's part of life. There's three guarantees in life: taxes, death, and numb limbs. <laughs> <laughs> there are three phrases that are the hardest to say. The first is, "I love you." The second is, "I was wrong," and the third is, "Worcestershire sauce." <laughs> I was like, wow, we're getting really deep and philosophical with this. I was like really vibing. (laughs) Going off the three hardest things to say, uh, I guess the main topic that we want to talk about tonight on the Midnight Memo here are the five different love languages. Wow. Do you know all five off of the top of your head? No, I don't. Well, I can try my best. Yeah, give me a shot. Let's see. There's quality time. Physical mm-hmm. touch, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. acts of service, gift giving. Did I already say that one? Yeah. Oh, round of applause. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I will be here for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do a little breakdown of each of them? Yeah. For those people who don't know love languages. So apparently back in 1992, there was this person Dr. Chapman, who wrote the five love languages to basically break down what they believe were five different categories of how people express love and how they receive love. So the five different languages that Dr. Chapman recognized was words of affirmation, which is about expressing your affection through spoken words, praise, and appreciation. So if someone's primary love language is words of affirmation, they would enjoy kind words of encouragement, uplifting quotes, love notes, cute text messages, that sort of a thing. 
Compliments is also really key for people who enjoy words of affirmation as their love language. The second one is quality time, which for someone who they love having undivided attention from their partner, the person that they're interested in. So this can be shown by yeah, not having your phone at dinner, being there and listening to what they have to say and refrain from offering advice, just being present mm. for them. Interesting. For some reason, I thought that quality time was not necessarily wanting to be around the person all the time, but like the time that you are together, have it be like very meaningful. From what I can understand, I think that's definitely a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're spending time together, you want it to be meaningful. But I think it's more of the commodity of time being valuable. Mm -hmm. So you spending time with your person, what matters? Whether Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why I was like, oh, it doesn't mean you actually have to spend a lot of time with them. It's just the time that you quality, do. Wait, I'm sorry. Quality time means you don't have to spend time with this person. Who is it? My logic, right, was like, okay, you don't have to spend a lot of time with this person, but the time that you do have with this person, that's when you like put in that a level uh. of effort. But that makes sense. <laughs> I have heard it told the way you're interpreting it, Claire. Again, I am not a couples therapist or like psychologist. Dr. Burgett said. (laughs) Bro, like I love psychology. Like this is my shit, but do not have the training for it. Someone can correct me, but please be nice about it. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Don't take me too serious. Ooh, Dr. Burgett, can you imagine? Wow. MD. Or MD. MD, MS, MS, like all the little letters. (laughs) How many many letters can I put? (laughs) Is MS for mad scientist? <gasps> what is MS? Who knows? I'm going to say it's mad scientist. I'm going to take it. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, taking it, making my own. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're almost halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with us, the guys. <laughs> third, this train of thought, a little derailed, but it's okay. Acts of service is the third one. And for acts of service, this person feels loved and appreciated when someone does something nice for them. This can be helping out with dishes, running errands. So they love when you do little acts that could just make their life easier, essentially. A physical action that makes their life easier. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is physical touch. And a person whose primary love language is physical touch feels love through physical affection. So this means that aside from sex, so like, holding their hand, touching their arm. Yeah, just having their partner close to them. It's also the little non-sexual things that are important. And the last one, which is, sorry, one that I always, like when I'm listing these, I always forget this one. (laughs) I feel like this is the one I always forget. It's receiving gifts. Uh, Receiving gifts is when, yes, they like receiving gifts. But it's not only about the gift itself, it's about the time and the effort the gift giver puts into getting the gift and then putting it together and presenting it to this person. So there's like an online quiz that you can take. It's There's like a short version and a long version and the short version is still pretty long, not gonna lie. <laughs> I have taken it like four years ago or something like that. Just cause I was like super curious. Everyone kept throwing around these phrases of like, oh, love language, my love language is this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I acts a service. And I was just like, what the hell are you guys talking about? So I had to do my research back then to figure out what the hell is everyone talking about so i took the test like yeah way back when and i think since then my answers have changed but i'm curious have you ever taken the test i have and i guess like similar to you i didn't really know what the love languages were until college yeah a lot of people were talking about it i was like who you've been where (laughs) with With who? who 
I think I took a quiz in my previous relationship, but actually that's totally a lie. I've taken multiple, but <laughs> they've always been when I like start a new relationship. And I think it's just yeah. to like figure out. I think that's so telling. Yeah. That's so important. But similar to you, my love languages have changed over time. And I think I was under the impression that they weren't supposed to change. Like these two should be my, like yeah. the first ones I got. That's what it should stay, which was kind of confusing. Yeah. And was that for receiving? Because there's two talking specifically about primary. So what would be quote, quote, your first choice? There's the way you give love falls in one of these five categories and the way you receive love falls in one of these five categories. And they don't have to be the same. You can give love in a certain language, but then receive it in a different one. So for you, sorry, you were saying that you think it's changed? Yeah. So I think the first time I took it, I was like, oh, my love languages, like the top two were quality time and words of affirmation for receiving. But I think I was, again, under the assumption that they shouldn't change. So I kind of took those um, love languages mm. into the next relationship. And I was like, Mm, I feel like it's something's off. And now I understand that it's an evolution. Your love languages are allowed to change. It's not something set in stone. So yeah, um, similar, I guess, to how you have to change the way you give love to your partner or mm -hmm. your friends or whatever, because it changes all the time, too. So it makes sense that they evolve yeah. over time. Before my part, did I ever tell you before me and my partner started dating, I made him take the quiz no <laughs> i like before yeah this is when we, we were still quote quote friends and you know we were dumb and we were like theorizing what a relationship would look like and i was like i will not until you take this quiz and he was like really and i was like yes so he took this quiz and for him his love language for receiving is physical touch and i believe his primary for giving was acts of service okay side note Serious question. Mm -hmm. Have you uh -oh. ever known a guy to not have physical touch as their love language? Honestly, I was just thinking about that. I feel like I have not, but I also haven't had a conversation about love languages with a male, I think, especially in a romance, like someone I'm interested in. This is a theory I have. So, <laughs> no, I, I totally share that theory that it's definitely prominent for men, and I don't know how much of that is just primal. Hot take, I feel like it might just be a theory. Like, all of them have that as a primary language, but I think it might be their second primary, not like their number one. I don't know. But they don't know what their number one is because they feel like they have to give those answers. Like, when I was... So, like, talking about taking the test, um, when I took the test, I got... It was acts of service, which, duh. Mm -hmm. Like, if anyone knows me, I am always, like, high-wired, and I'm always doing a bunch of things, and very anal-retentive. I like to have things a certain way. But I think that's exactly why I appreciate having acts of service so much, is, like, anyone who can help lighten my load for me. But I think that also the reason why I got that result was because of my own experiences mm -hmm. that skewed what I thought I needed love to be shown as. Mm. So like, I have had obviously way too much time to think about this. <laughs> um, but growing up, both of my parents, especially my dad, 
his love language to give was acts of service. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like definitely weighed heavily into what I expect from like a potential partner, like of a man, like he was the provider for our family. The way he expressed love to my mom was like doing things that would help her in whatever she needed to be done. So that's how I saw love in my house from the male Mm -hmm. figure from my dad. And he did that for my mom and he did that, you know, for me. And so when I took the test, I was like, oh, that's how you're supposed to give love. Like, and so that, heavily skewed my results obviously to be acts of service for how I want to receive it but as I've grown up and thought about this way too much like yes that's super important to me but I think that's my secondary like that's how I expect love to be shown to me and that's definitely like the first way I register if someone loves and cares for me Mm -hmm. but I think what's more valuable to me is words of affirmation like as I've grown up and I'm noticing like I really I love compliments I love little notes I love just having that verbal validation about anything Mm -hmm. because I'm an overthinker it means so much more words of affirmation it just hits different you know so I think that's how my love language for receiving has changed And it just made me think more of like how, what you expect, I think definitely skews your results. So the online test is basically like, it's a multiple choice quiz, but I think they only give you two options for every prompt. So you have to make a very drastic decision on things. And that's how they kind of sort you out in these love language buckets. So I think when I was taking the test, because of my own bias and like what I believed love looked like based on how I've seen it in my life, definitely skewed my results. So I wonder for males, On a quote, quote, primal level, I think, you know, men are definitely more physical beings. Definitely generalizing here. So I think they expect that that's how love should be given. And that's how they think it's expected for them to receive love. Interesting. So you had like a really philosophical answer. I was just more on the lines, men are trash. All they want is sex. (laughs) I mean, I also support that answer. A hundred percent. I We'll put your answer first, and then we'll... <laughs> In summary. <laughs> yeah, Claire's just going to summarize what I just said. Men are trash. Yeah. But also, I feel like there's so many stereotypes around the different love languages. An example, if we're talking about physical touch, if you're unaware of what love languages actually are, when people say like, oh, my love language is physical touch, my mind goes directly to like, oh, sex yeah especially when you're talking about a romantic partner right or if gift giving or gift receiving right um they're like oh they're shallow yeah, all they just 100%. quality time or oh, are you clingy like no it's just oh yeah i like to spend time with you you know like like there's something deeper yeah for sure so there are so many of those negative generalizations i yeah. guess stereotypes yeah generalizations of what the love languages are interesting and so it's it's very eye-opening to see the love languages as explained through dr chapman's theories and things like that mm-hmm. so how do you give love i i think primarily i'm an acts of service person and oh recent well not recently this was still last year I did a national park trip with a couple of my friends from high school last summer. Mm -hmm. So we were catching up and somehow love languages came up because this was definitely peak last year. And one of my friends called me out and she was like, I feel like yours is definitely acts of service. And I was like, why do you say that? And she's like, at one point when we were driving to the national park, I was sitting shotgun and the driver asked like, oh, can you pass me my water bottle? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And I, you know, opened her water bottle for her and then I gave it to her. Mm -hmm. And so our other friend caught onto that and she was like, 
you know, it's such a small thing, but that was such a, a gem of just embodying what acts of service is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I didn't even think, like, it was just so second nature, didn't think about it. Yeah. So I, I think that is my primary way of uh, giving love to people, people I care about, like friends, family. And I think giving gifts too. I like to give gifts, but it takes, you know, it takes a lot of effort and then I'm really shitty at planning them. Like I'll get so excited, especially at the beginning of our relationship. I would get so excited. I still do get excited, but I've tried to corral myself a little bit. But then giving gifts to my partner, I get so excited that I can't function. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'll be waiting to give it to him for like our anniversary or something. And I'm just like, I have the best gift for you. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you want me to tell you what it is? And he's like, no, that's the point of, I don't know where he has patience. Like I I can't do that. If you tell me there's a surprise, I need to know what it is, like, that second. I can't know about a surprise without knowing what yeah. the surprise is. Like, it drives me fucking insane. Or I'll, like, make this plan to give him a gift, and then I forget about it until, like, after our anniversary. <laughs> so I'm one or the other. But I like giving gifts. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? How do you think you give? I like to roast people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, same. If that was valid. <laughs> Memes is a love language, I would say. 100%. I think, I'm trying to go through. Physical touch, no. Quality time, I'm an introvert. Words of affirmation, okay. I think words of affirmation too. Gifts, I've been getting better at gifts. I've been really bad at gifts. So, okay, conclusion. (laughs) Acts of service, (laughs) words of affirmation, I think. Through this process of elimination. (laughs) Yeah. So, acts of service and gifts, was that yours? Was that what we've settled upon? Acts of service and words of affirmation. Okay. I don't know. Sometimes I like, I also struggle with the love languages in terms of if I receive something, right? So if I receive a gift, I feel like I need to give a gift back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, again, sometimes that could be the case if the other person likes to receive gifts too. Yeah. But if they don't, then it doesn't really do anything for them, which is sometimes hard for my mind to comprehend. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they just say, got me a necklace. I need to get them a gift too. And if like yeah. they don't like receiving gifts as a love language, then yeah. th- they wouldn't really appreciate it, you know? Yeah, that's why it's so hard because the way you give is not necessarily how you receive. So it's, it's different love languages. Yeah. But speaking of different love languages, I wanted to ask you, how is having a partner whose primary love language is not necessarily your your top love language? Mm-hmm. So how how do you navigate that? Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken the quiz as of recently, yeah. but I think that I'm discovering now in the relationship I'm in, acts of service and receiving gifts mm. are my top two, which is completely different from quality time and words of affirmation, which I thought it was. Yeah. Not one overlap. And yeah. I think my partner's one of his is, can you guess it? <laughs> Physical touch. <laughs> wow. Wow. So original. <laughs> it's so strange because that's my lowest. For giving? For, yeah. Or receiving or giving. Like I just, physical touch isn't yeah. the top one for me so it's very interesting being in a relationship where it's like his number one but my number 100 (laughs) (laughs) you know like it was difficult in the beginning because in general yeah i'm not a very like physical touch person but i also had to think about like when you're in a a relationship it's not only about you 
I know, shocker. Mm-hmm. I think the world revolves around me, but it doesn't. <laughs> and so it was definitely like a process adapting to how he wanted to receive love. And although it, it sometimes made me feel uncomfortable, I have to kind of remind myself, this is he how knows. I show that mm-hmm. I care. And so I've been trying to get better at it, but I still have my limits. I'm like, all right, don't touch me anymore. <laughs> and that's enough of that. Yeah. I'm like, and I need my space. Six feet, sir. Please social distance. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a, a process to kind of understand and adjust to how you're giving love to someone, especially when it doesn't align with how you like to receive it or how you like to give it. So is navigating this, is it more you doing self-reflection or do you guys talk about that or is it just where can I meet him in the middle or? Yeah, it's more of a meeting in the middle situation. So, oh, there was one time where I pulled a really good move on him. Nice. And and I like held out my hand like I had trash in it and like I was passing it to him. Oh my God, stop. (laughs) I was like just holding it and he was like put his hand out to catch it and i just put my hand inside his hand i was like nailed it <laughs> first try <laughs> I, can, I can just imagine in that moment your face just being like got him <laughs> i know i'm like you swooned i saw it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah and so i've recently i've been making more of an effort to hold his hand while we're walking or you know when we're sitting just watching a movie or something like that yeah. but yeah and then he also makes an effort to like you know, like when you're falling asleep, some people can fall asleep when they're in like the spooning position. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that. I'm just like, if I'm going to sleep, do not touch me. <laughs> you must, I need space. Yeah. I need, and so like, we'll like spoon for a little bit and then I'm like, all right. That's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's something compromise on both of our ends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like, like my partner's way of receiving love is physical touch. But he's kind of like you, and he hates being touched. So when he told me his love language for receiving was physical touch, I was like, that's bullshit. Uh And he's like, like, see, the thing is, if it's another person, I will do everything in my power to avoid physical touch. Like, he's just, yeah, not a physically affectionate person, which is totally fine. I am. But he was telling me that when it's with his person, then he's all about it, all Mm -hmm. like... But now knowing that his love language is physical touch, and working through that now i feel like physical touch has moved up on my scale as well Mm. like if we're driving and his hand is not on my thigh i'm like you're mad at me (laughs) like what did i do like i yeah i start like freaking out because i'm like there's no physical touch happening like what's going on now how i want to receive love is through physical touch because i know that's how he likes it so i really raise physical touch on how i give love Mm -hmm. so that way he could feel loved kind of the same thing with this like giving of love languages i've amped up my physical touch for him and now i expect to receive much more physical touch and even though maybe nothing has changed now i just expect it so much more where i'm like why are you not holding my thigh like why aren't you holding my hand like you're mad at me and he's like literally no (laughs) we're just (laughs) it's not that oh my goodness okay so i just found this funny picture The five love languages, written in terms of tacos. Oh, love this already. Words of affirmation. Your tacos are delicious. Acts of service. I made you tacos. (laughs) Receiving gifts. Here's a taco. (laughs) Quality time. Let's go out for tacos together. Physical touch. 
Let me hold you like a taco. Ah, that's creative. So if you don't want to read Dr. Chapman's or listen to this crazy podcast, but I hope you do. Yeah, if you don't want to listen to the last hour of conversation. Just listen to this part right here, this snippet. (laughs) So talking about weird uh, ways of expressing love languages, I feel like another memeable one is how people say like, there's two people in a relationship, someone who doesn't like pickles and someone who will eat their pickle. (laughs) Yes. You're the person who eats my pickle. My partner doesn't eat my pickle, so. Ooh, who's the real match here? Yeah, I'm just saying. I tell him all the time, I'm like, babe, I don't know. Like Claire, Claire might be the one. And he's like, you know, that sucks. He's like, I respect and understand, but I don't like it. And I'm like, that's fair. Listen, you can't get rid of me. I was here first. I'm the original. I'm I'm now in a tunnel of just looking at love language memes. Nice. Which, again, memes are a love language. Memes are a love language. In this day and age, I feel like it has to be. Maybe, you know... No disrespect to Dr. Chapman, but his book is, oh my gosh, 30 years old this year. So, you know, that's a whole generation. Maybe it's time we revamp the five love languages in this day and age. (laughs) Yes. Hot take, maybe. Let's redefine them. First, memes and TikToks. Yeah. Can you look up if there's a, like, a modern five love languages description? Type, 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 type. Gen Z five love languages or so something. Even though we are not Gen Z, just want to put that out there yeah we're like the weird in between of gen z and millennials millennial yeah (laughs) she doesn't even know what generation she is yeah we're just here we're here and confused (laughs) we're here and vibing but the vibes a little off oh shoot the 18 languages for modern love. They went from five Jesus. to 18. Damn. I can barely remember the fifth one. <laughs> you were asking way too much of me. I feel like I should list them, but it's a long list. Okay, I'll link this website in the description if you guys mm-hmm. want to learn more. But from, it's called Mama Jayism, I think is the name Hmm. and it's the 18 languages for modern love starting with accountability there's active listening active empathy there's one that's called bestowing see like that phrase right there i would classify that as acts of service and with the few that you rattled off there's smaller languages that can fall in any of these five buckets i would say yeah like there's subcategories Oh, do you do like love language check-ins with your partner about trying to find this middle ground of you giving physical affection and their receiving of physical Mm -hmm. affection? Yeah, right now, like we do a lot of check-ins, mostly because Mm -hmm. we are both overthinkers. So Mm -hmm. we need to definitely lay out everything that we're feeling and communicate it because otherwise we will spiral. So yeah, yeah, we definitely do a lot of check-ins. And I think... It's important to do check-ins because, like we had mentioned earlier, your love languages can change. They evolve. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's super important. What about yeah. you? We do check-ins every once in a while. I think recently this topic has been on my mind and my partner. Like I said, his primary way of giving love is acts of service. And because I initially thought mine for receiving was acts of service, I was like, oh, we're golden. We're, there's going to be no miscommunication of, like, him showing love and me not interpreting oh it's an act of love you know Mm -hmm. but 
recently I've noticed like it's not it's not hitting the same so I've had to yeah like express to him I think I'm more of a words of affirmation type of gal mm -hmm. and yeah we've had to have a conversation do a little check-in where I was like are you still physical touch and he was like yes and I was like okay cool I'm not gonna change anything <laughs> so for me I have the easy job it's not changing for me but for him He's adjusting and he's very sweet. I started my new job this past week and he snuck a little note in between my laptop before I took it to work and he was like, have a great first day at work. So he's been like leaving me little post-its around. It's very cute. That's cute. Yeah. But yeah, you need to check in. You need to, it, it changes like, like we've been saying. And even with your friends, these can so easily be adapted in a non-romantic context. True. I think it's a cute conversation to have with your friends to be like, how would you like me to show you that I love and appreciate you, you know? Yeah. What is your thought pondering end of episode question, Claire Bear? Ah, uh, yes. The final question. If you have no other closing thoughts, of course. I have no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> My final question. It's going to be a long, drawn out question. I heard a lot as a child, the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. And right. in a lot of ways, that makes sense. Like, if I want to be treated nicely, treat others nicely. If I want a long turn at the drinking fountain, give other people a long turn at the drinking fountain. Right. But this question was actually posed to me senior year of college, where it kind of brought in the idea of love languages. And this person I was talking to, he's like, I don't believe in the golden rule. And I was like, hold on, what? What do you mean what? you don't believe it? He's like, well, you know, if I how I want to be treated is different from how someone else wants to be treated, then the rule doesn't apply. He kind of brought ah. in the example of love languages. If I want to receive words of affirmation, but the other person doesn't want words of affirmation, the golden rule doesn't apply. I was just wondering, do you have any <sighs> thoughts on this? Oh my God. Wow. That's so insightful. But it was right there, you know? Like, we heard the golden rule all the time. Mm -hmm. And that totally made sense to me. But, like, we've just proven throughout this episode that's not the case with love languages. So, wow. What a... Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess the golden rule doesn't quite apply in the greater sense. I can see how it's applicable in a very simplified version that you can present to kids. Mm -hmm. Because understanding the concept of intention is a little hard to articulate. Yeah. For most things, I guess, the golden rule still applies. What I think he had said to me was, if anything, I would change the golden rule to treat people the way they want to be treated. Oh, so it's, okay, it's just, yeah. it's one word. It's like, instead of treat people the way you want to be treated, treat people the way they want to be treated. Because it's not about you. Yeah. So I think it's still, it works. And I kind of think it's, in some cases works better than the golden rule yeah i like that yeah it's still very simple and like you said it's just changing one word but i think it's a much more accurate description mm -hmm. i like that i like that a lot actually the only way i can see an issue with that is the whole point of why we're told the golden rule like that as a kid is it puts the responsibility of someone else how they treat you on you so like treat others the way you want to be treated mm -hmm. so it's basically like implying if you treat someone nicely, then they have to treat you nicely. But if we change it to treat others the way they want to be treated, then you're no longer bound to treat them nicely, I think. If you're a dick and you're like, nah, they want to be treated like, like yeah. this, whatever this is, it gives you an excuse to treat them like that. 
But does it though? It's still your your decision to treat them like that. Yeah, I think that's just telling about you at that point yeah. and like what you value. Shall we wrap him up? Yeah, like a gift, cause I like gifts. Oh, cute! <laughs> wow, that was cute. Okay, now we gotta end on that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Midnight Memo. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Midnight Memo, or reach out to us. Tell us your love languages. Uh, email us at the Midnight Memo at gmail.com. Also, make sure to follow us and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to know when the next episode is going to drop next Tuesday. If you would like to further support us, we also do have a link in our description of our podcast episode. Make sure to click on that if you like what we're doing here. See you all next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.